This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Nothing. Just calm it down again. I'm just kidding. Sorry. That's how this is gonna be. All right. All right. Sweet. I knew. Let's I continue. It's like makes so much sense right now. He's like so entertaining. Look at this. Look at this smirky chuckle. Here. Look at this guy. <laughs> I've never <laughs> chuckle in my life. Take that back. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast, a podcast about Star Wars Legion focused on competitive play and improving your game. My name is David, I also go by Endless Online, and I'm joined today by Mike and Kyle. Say what's up, guys. Hey. What's up? And uh, we're glad to be with you all today, and we're going to launch into some uh, housekeeping real quick. Um, Mike, you want to talk about what's going on with our Patreon? Yeah, so we are up to about $450 a month. Thank you, everyone. The um, support has been absolutely amazing. We really, um, you know, we're doing this for you, and we really couldn't do it without, you know, knowing that you guys are all there and that you guys are listening to our stuff. And this is just a community that we we get to be a part of. Um, We are getting very close to hitting our $500 goal uh, monthly. And once that happens, we'll go ahead and start releasing um, battle reports once a month. Um, So that'll be coming. Uh, We also have a $1,000 goal, which hopefully will kind of get us towards streaming, live streaming additional events like we did at Adepticon last year. So we're really hoping to kind of get that ball rolling because it is not cheap but uh yeah so that's kind of where we're at with the patreon um so So if you if you've already uh signed up there thank you we massively appreciate your support if you haven't please consider doing so patreon.com slash the fifth trooper if you saw our adepticon stuff and you want to do more you want us to do more of that um, let us know with your with your uh, with your money, so we can we can um, make that happen. Uh, YouTube, uh, let's talk YouTube a little bit as well. Um, so with Gen Con coming, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, we're going to have a bunch of new stuff going up on the YouTube, and we're pretty close now to pushing that YouTube into partnership territory. So if you watch our YouTube videos and you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. It's completely free. You can hit the subscribe button and the bell so that we can um, notify you when we have new content up on that channel. Um, so we, we also appreciate you if you're already subscribing, you've already done this, and, and thanks so much for that. Um, so I think that's just about all the housekeeping we're going to do. Oh, I'm going to say one more thing. The um, Yavin Base Team League is in full swing. Um, if you're in that league and you're listening to the sound of my voice, we are extending round two until August 12th. Um, August 12th is going to be the deadline for that. If you haven't joined it or you don't know what it is, um, Yavin Base Team League is a uh, Swiss-style tournament for Star Wars Legion where teams of five are competing for the title of Team League Champion. And you can check that out on twitch.tv slash Yavinbase, which is associated with uh, Fifth Trooper Notorious Scoundrels as well. All right, let's launch into Exploration, our second segment here. Uh, Kyle... This is a really cool list you have for us today, played by Ben. Uh, tell us all about it and why it's interesting. 
Um, so this is a list that M. Bueha, Ben, from the Discord, uh, wanted our PQ with recently. Um, it's essentially Leia Sabine, but also with an X-34 uh, landspeeder. Um, so uh, it's uh, Leia with improv, um, Sabine with stims. He's got a shield on here, but he, he said he would probably take some other stuff potentially um, instead of that shield in the future. Um, he's got four Rebel Troopers with Z6, one with a Medic, um, three Sniper Strike teams, and then an X-34 with the RPS-6 uh, Rocket Gunner, the Mark II Medium Blaster, and the Speeder Jockey. Um, and that comes to 796. So it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting list. Basically, you're taking like your quote-unquote standard you know, Leia Sabine uh, Rebel Trooper spam, Strike Team spam, and just replacing a couple of those Rebel Troopers with a Land Speeder. Um, and he said he was using this to do... So we're going to use this segment to talk more generally just about, um, at least today, about Rebel vehicles, uh, because there have been some uh, RPQs recently, one with um, uh, various Rebel lists that include vehicles, and I know uh, vehicles are sort of um, out of favor right now, but obviously they work. So um, we're going to start here with Ben's list. Um, <clears throat> He said part of the idea of this list was to actually do a turn one explosions and deliver Sabine via the land speeder near the end of the turn. So um, obviously we haven't personally seen it in action, but in talking with him, it seemed to work pretty well and also surprised his opponents. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, anybody ever kind of expects the turn one explosions, right? That's kind of generally like a turn two through four play often. So to have you know, Sabine jump out of a land speeder at the end of the turn and bomb your face in, or just like toss a couple bombs down is, uh, there's some surprise to that. Yeah, you generally don't put Sabine in the land speeder because it makes your save so much worse. Like one of her, one of her big strengths, right, is that three up red dice save, you know, with a red dice with the surge on defense. And the land speeder, of course, is just a straight downgrade. When you put her in there, but I, I suppose it can work. I notice he doesn't take an uplink on his land speeder in this list. So he can't play explosions and uplink the speeder. He's sort of just relying on um, improvised from Leia to keep that land speeder uh, out of the picture until later in the round, which, you know, has the potential to backfire, right? Because you shuffle your order pool after improvising and you might actually end up with the the heavy token right on back on the top of your stack if you're not careful. Yeah, I mean it's you know when you got four core and three special forces and lay in there also, um, improv's fairly reliable in throwing a token back. So, um, you know I can see how that worked. I'm sure that he, uh, you know, put his speeder behind some something so that it didn't get nuked on the first turn with Sabine in it. You know while he was waiting for his opportunity. I like how he squeezed a four-point bid in there, too. This has got a lot of stuff for having a four-point bid. Yep. So, you know, four Zs, a medic, three snipers. It's very threatening on, in a lot of ways. But instead of, like, Luke Sabine, his two major threats with the land speeder and Sabine instead. Yeah, and that uh, X-34, he's got a rocket gunner and the, the Mark II on it, so it's not like you can just ignore it after it deposits Sabine. You know, that's a lot of firepower. Yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, um, we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence in Rebel vehicles just because 
it's one of the ways the rebels can actually kind of get their firepower to the fight <clears throat> um, before it ties to some extent. Not that all rebels die before they get to the fight, <laughs> but, <laughs> but well, they do with those death troopers. Sure. I mean, that's and the thing, lost. right? You know, um, you know, an ATRT or a land speeder can soak a death trooper shot and be okay. You know, yeah. um, death troopers are actually pretty bad against vehicles. Yeah. I mean, I, they've got that kind of generic impact on their DLT equivalent, but it, as far as like being effective against vehicles, they're just as effective as like a stormtrooper squad for the most part. Um, is it the same amount of dice? I guess it's one extra, technically. Yeah, so potentially marginally better because they got precise two and one extra dice to reroll for crit fishing. But you know, probably going to get two impact hits in there. You yeah. know, it's not not a great use of a hundred and twenty point unit. No, um, I think the other thing that the Lanceberry brings is just that you know. You can you can trade a range four shot back if you need to, you know. Um, right. Rebels are kind of lacking in that department if you're not taking Pathfinders, and the Pathfinders dice aren't super great. Um, I'm sure we've talked about that a few times at this point, but the the Landspeeders dice are. They're not bad. Yeah, the thing it's like a truck. That's because yeah, it is like a one, truck. Um, <laughs> a space jeep. Yep, that the guns bolted on. Space pickup. Well, there. I mean, it's well stated, right? At range three, with this build out, if you had the A three hundred gunner at range three, you're just like one dice off a death trooper. You have like two white instead of two red, um, in that pool, and it has the same dice quality almost as death troopers. But um, he went for what I think is like the. Well, it's not really the cheap build, but it's like sort of the medium grade where you take a, a Mark II and a rocket gunner, but no A300, no uplink, you know, no none of the extras. You take like the absolute essentials to doing damage, which is this um, rocket gunner blaster thing with the, with the jockey. Um, I mean, this is kind of the standard now. We've seen this Lance build, speeder build a lot in lists that run it. Um I notice um, about his list, though, he has no points invested in Astromex. He has a Medic instead of two Astros and a deeper bid. I think that's wise considering that medical droids are so extremely useful, um, especially when you have a list with characters like Sabine and especially when you have strike teams as well. Um, a lot of demand for those Medic charges in this list. And um, maybe his feeling, I, I mean, I'm going to guess, maybe his feeling is if, if they're shooting my land speeder, they're probably going to kill it anyway which is great because it just takes pressure off my other threats and takes pressure off my core. Yeah. yeah. By that time, Sabine is in your face. So I think the other you know, biggest thing between the land speeder and the ATRTs is just like, if, if the land speeder is taking fire and taking damage, um, it's probably getting wasted by something with a large hit pool. Whereas like the ATRTs, because they just have armor and not, you know, armor X. Um, I think they're 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 more prone to like taking a DLT chip shot, and then you're like, okay, I heal it back, right? The other thing is that the ATRTs are way easier to keep it in your line. They don't have a, you know, compulsory move every turn that you have to, you know, kind of force your your Astromex up with. It's interesting they class RTs in the support category, I think, for precisely that reason, because they're just, you know, mechanized infantry, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, a chicken walker with a with a machine gun bolted on. 
that's just going to stand in your line or, you know, partially in front of your line to give you some light cover to shoot out from. Whereas, you know, the land speeder, like you say, it's heavy. It has a role on its own. It's meant to be a self-contained kind of um, fly towards my enemy and destroy him type unit. Um, yeah, I think that's well stated. And we should note that, you know, there's... So the laser RT is not super popular right now but just because vehicles aren't. Um, that was actually uh, sort of a staple back in the pre-sniper days. Um, but mostly right now what you see are, is the rotary or the flamer, and obviously those are two very different units. I personally am a fan of the flamer um, just because you get to roll fistfuls of dice, and um, you know there's nothing scarier than like three flame RTs charging towards your lines. Um, we've talked in the past on the show about the uh, sorry about the barbecue list where you uplink them and you use sorry about the mess to get like a priority zero flame turn. Um, and Han also works for great with them because of reckless diversion. Um, my daughter likes flame RTs too. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and of course you have the rotary version, which is just more sit back um, near those Astromax near your support troops and just provide fire support. I think both versions are solid. Um, you know, I think, at least for me personally, if I'm going to play a Rebel vehicle list, I want to go more more jank, more shock and awe. But um, obviously people have had success with the good old-fashioned uh, Rotary Club also. I definitely have, have found some success there. And actually, um, uh, Mike, if you want to talk about Paul Watson, brought his list um, to an RPQ in Muncie, I think is where it was, um, where he had a Sabine Rotaries. Uh, style list. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was like a very unexpected kind of RPQ win, um, especially coming off the Tale of Worlds and everything where we saw you know, two to three sabs or two to three strike teams, I mean, um, in just about every list, you know. Um, coming in with uh, Rotaries and Astromex, I mean, frankly, they're pretty good against snipers and they're pretty good against um, sabs too. Uh, they, both strike team variants can't really interact with, you know, vehicles very well. Um, there's some corner cases there, but overall just, you know, um, I think it's a good, it's a decent medical, you know, if you want to like push a sniper team with a, with a rotary ATRT, like that's pretty reasonable. Um, and they're just generally pretty hardy against rebels, uh, since you know they lack the impact that is required to generally take them off the board. And with the addition of the Astromex, it makes the DLTs far less effective against armor. Um, Triple rotary is really scary as a rebel player. Can confirm. Um, I remember the last time I saw a triple rotary in Team League. Um, it was like. It was getting to the point where the person playing the rotaries didn't even do the objectives. They actually just tabled their opponent because their rotaries were doing so much damage. And I think his opponent's Luke died early and the rotaries just tore him apart because there was nothing he could do. Um, and they were aim shooting almost every turn and the center could not hold against that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also worth mentioning that the, uh, the new upgrade, uh, the linked targeting array or whatever um, mm -hmm. is like potentially very good on, on rotary ATRGs. I think um, it definitely competes with Umplik, 
which is kind of a downside for like the barbecue list. But you also like, uh, Kyle, you can speak to this probably better than I can. A single aim token on a flamer is probably not that big a deal as opposed to on a rotary. Um, yeah, you definitely get more mileage out of it as a rotor. Usually with a flamer, if you're shooting your desired targets, you're probably overkilling them anyway. Um, but certainly with a rotary, you know they're much less likely to need that uplink um, for the surprise order, and uh, you know the the link targeting array is cheaper. It's only five points, and of course, aim tokens are great on rotaries. So um, I think it's also great on the X34 as a as a uh, a cheap you know X34 is love aim tokens. So, um, you know, if you put the link targeting array on there, you're potentially, if you could do your compulsory plus an aim action, you're potentially throwing two aim tokens that are pretty sizable dice pool. So, all of a sudden, your pseudo uh, precise two or whatever, um, that you're re rolling just the same as a death trooper shot as far as the dice you're re rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is pretty dope. Um, I want to try that now. I've got to try Leia Landspeeder again with a uh, with, uh, link targeting array. Because that's actually pretty dope when I think about it now. It's sort of like, yeah, you know, and if I have to double move, I can take it, and I have an aim token anyway. You know, I don't need to worry about aiming because I, I just have it because, you know, I have enough orders on the land speed. I think the only turn you wouldn't have an order on the speeder for that would be um, Bombardment because that's, well, Bombardment and No Time because those are the two cards of Leia's repertoire that can't target vehicles. But, um, yeah, I mean, LTA... Definitely great. It's been great for the tank so far in Team League. It's been great for um, ATSTs, I think, just because, you know, vehicles love aim tokens. And, I mean, it's it speaks to sort of a larger issue with vehicles, right? And and this is, you know, maybe broadening the discussion a little bit further. Um, you know, you bring vehicles to do damage. Like, that's their main purpose is to do a damage or to um, bring a threat your opponent can't easily deal with. And making sure that when you roll, it's a good roll is really vital. This thing will only have six six chances potentially to attack in, in any given game. And if you're going to pay, you know, in the case of the land speeder, you know, 150 plus points, or in the case of an ATST, 200 plus points, you're going to want to make sure that 10 to 25% of your list functions well. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it, you're bringing a non-scoring unit, essentially. Right. So, like... What, what are you bringing it for? You're bringing it to deal damage to your opponent because that's really all, they, all they're all they good for. Like, them surviving is like, <laughs> I mean, great. Like, you'll, you know, not lose the kill points, but it's not like keeping a unit leader alive in a squad and you're like, okay, well, you know, I can still do whatever with this. Um, I think that a large unexplored territory, and I think it would actually probably be a good thing to do a, like a video segment on it at some point is like blocking the vehicles because that's one of the things that vehicles are really good at that a lot of people. And I mean, like even me, like I don't use vehicles nearly enough to be able to effectively block every game, but like being able to just like block your opponent's move paths and stuff. Um, it's kind of similar to, how blocking works in Armada by putting a ship in another ship's path so it can't move. Um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot to be said for the ability of vehicles to kind of block your opponent's approach to certain objectives. Um, but it, but if yeah, if they're not killing stuff and you're not good at blocking or you don't know how or the table's not very good for blocking, 
then you're kind of you're kind of in a hole that you got to dig yourself out of. It's it's worth. There's a couple. Go on. No, I was going to say it's worth noting that often the best targets for vehicles are blocking our other vehicles, right? Because they're you know they can't just move sideways like a like a trooper can. Um, so like a lot of people have have uh, including me have been excited about using flamethrower RTs against um, droids, but you know one of the best counters droids have to flame RTs is Droidicus. Like literally just get in their way, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's a unit and it's a unit with cohesion, so you can you know lock that front notch and then put the other droidica on on one side or the other, um, and prevent it from reversing. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's uh, CIS players. Uh, well, once there are CIS players, um, you know, if you run across flame RTs, think about that one. But obviously, that works. You know, even if you're in an RT versus RT situation. Um, or if you've got like a tank, uh, this works great with naked ATRTs. I know that um, you know people have run naked ATRTs quite a bit, but they have literally nothing else to do besides block and melee. So um, if you've got an uh, opposing vehicle on the table, uh, do that notch to not to excuse me notch to notch lock, um, and basically prevent it from moving unless it wants to reverse. So uh, they can also like prevent trooper units in some instances from charging as well, just because they're going to force them to move around the yep. base. Cause you can't move through a ground vehicle. Um, so, I mean, that's the, that's the other use as well. Not only just, you know, I was thinking of chicken fight, you know, basically you have two ATRTs looking at each other. One has a flamer, one doesn't, but they're sort of, you know, they're kind of stuck in place, kicking each other. They can't, uh, they can't get away because they would lose their second action to actually do their, do their shot. Well, um, one of the, one of the other things related to blocking you can do too, is just, um, covering mines so you know when you when you determine eligible targets for like a, a charge like a proton charge um it's it's line of sight from the unit to the mine and if they can't see the mine they can't be hit by it so you know there's no prohibition that prevents putting vehicles on top of mines so like if you've got a charge that you're worried about just walk an atrt on top of it it's, it's literally like <laughs> jumping think, on a grenade it is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I think the I think there's one stipulation against the condition mines, but against saboteur mines, it should work. Yeah, it definitely works against, against mines. charges. It should yep. work. Um, as long as we're talking about ATRGs and chicken fights, it is noted worth noting that kicking somebody in the face with your ATRTs melee attack is pretty good. Like they're, they're yeah, three red, no cover, surge crit. Like yeah. it's gonna hurt. It's no joke. Um, it it could be a little better if it had Pierce or something, but you know it's not that far off like Chewie's melee attack. So, you know, presuming you survived the approach, you can also, um, you know, snuggle up to a tank in the side arc, get impact two going while you're at while you're blocking them from pivoting. You do something fun like that. Yeah. So you can like uh, jam a tank up. If the, if the tank's like protecting its side arc against one building, you can try to steer your RT to to block the pivot because there there's now no room on either side for them to pivot. So they're just kind of locked in place. Get wrecked. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fun room you know to explore there with with melee blocking. I think. All right, we have uh, we have other things we want to talk about with vehicles. Uh, maybe we should talk about astromechs real quick because we didn't really explore that concept. Um, ben invested in no astromechs, but um, Paul Watson, I believe, invested in three. 
one for each RT. And I think that's, um, I think the reason for that, I think, is that the land speeder has natural cover. And so it has a defense against impact weapons, whereas the HRTs don't. I think specifically against the impact weapons that you're afraid of, right? Like, you can't do anything against Bosk. You can't do anything against Veers. Like, those things are just going to hit you, and they're going to hurt, and you're going to have to kind of either sack one of your ATRTs, or you're just going to have to get over it. Whereas, you know, if you're being pinged by DLTs, like we were saying earlier, like, the land speeder deals with that because it got cover. And the ATRTs deal with that with the, the astromechs. Um, I find the astromechs interesting because a lot of the times I kind of think of them as a little bit of a, kind of like a, a hedge bet in that, you know, if your opponent sees that you've got like four astromechs, they might not even shoot at your armored vehicles. Um, and you've effectively paid for, for astromechs that are essentially like you, you bought the ability for your vehicles to live. It's like life insurance. Um, and they might not actually heal it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It is. But the question becomes like, what is the right amount of astromechs that you should buy to like force your opponent into feeling like that? Um, I, I am suspicious that the number is around two. Um, yeah. Generally. Uh, I think more than that is maybe a little overkill. I can see three. Um, but I think if you're if you're going deeper than that, you need a really good reason. Yeah, I agree. I think it was one one per astrum or one per RT in Paul's case, but I'm I'm totally in agreement there. I think two is the right number. Um, the land speeder also has a problem where if it needs to compulsory a lot, then it's going to run away from the astrum X potentially. But uh, I usually play mine kind of in the hover mode, where you just com- you don't actually do any move actions. You just compulsory and let the you sort of um what do you call that and you kind of let it you let your car idle forward you know you do that sort of yeah, thing you just coast up you yeah know. you let it, you just coast you don't actually do any move actions and uh, that just takes care of it for me and they they move at speed too so you're totally able to keep astromex with it there's no reason not to invest the extra help especially because the land speeder hurts a lot when it's shooting things out of cover all right so uh, we have any f- closing thoughts on exploration uh, rebel vehicles Nope, nope, we're good. All right, so moving on. Uh, advanced tactics. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Leia Organa today because we haven't done a deep dive on Leia in a while. And uh, there's now some new things in the meta that have, I think, have altered her ranking in terms of where you put her when you consider what commanders to take. And there's also been competition now for points in the rebels kind of commanders and operatives um spots because now we have sabine in the world and um there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh different things that are now happening as opposed to the old days where leia was like was it like she was the only stop on the second commander option train um except maybe for han maybe you went to han sometimes um but but leia was was basically the the rock and I think in a lot of ways she still is. Um, so who'd like to who'd like to open this one up? So uh, we've never actually, I think, done like a proper deep dive on Leia, um, even though she's been out forever. 
Um, but she is, the reason we're talking about this now is because I feel like she's at least recently been kind of getting replaced by Sabine. Um, you know, a lot of people are fashionably running Luke Sabine, which it's an excellent list. So, you know, um, that's understandable, but I think there's definitely still a good place for Leia and rebel lists. Um, personally, I like, you know, I like Leia plus Sabine or Leia plus Luke for the same reason that I like, um, you know, Veer's Bosk or Krennic Bosk better than Double Bounty. And that's uh, because of activation control and more specifically control of your focus pieces, right? Um, like with Luke Sabine, you've got two focus pieces and you don't always have 100% control over them. With Leia Sabine or with Leia Luke, in each of those cases, you've got one focus piece and a support piece. Um, and you can basically exercise full control over your focus piece while, um, you know, Leia does uh, support things, handing out dodges, inspiring, etc. So um, there's a lot of her kit, I think, that um, is undervalued, um, particularly Inspire 2. Um, in this in this world where we have you know Death Troopers and Bosk and and soon um, uh, mortars, um, which we've been told are are uh, in that interview with Alex and Luke a while ago are at least suppressive. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of suppression going around, um, and that Inspire makes a big difference, especially Inspire two on one model. So um, I think that's an underrated part of her kit for sure. Um, she's great at managing the sniper game. Uh, coordinating bombardment is a great card generally, but it's especially good against sniper strike teams. Um, and especially if you hold it, you know it kind of forces your opponent to um, make some tough decisions. Like, do they hold their sniper strike teams in out of sight until you play it? And if you just don't play it, do they stay there indefinitely, or do they move them out uh, and then they get? you know, a sniper model from each team scoped by Leia. Um, so, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great card to have there in, in the sniper war. Um, her, uh, her two pip, no time for sorrows is great with, um, both, both Luke and Sabine. Um, and it's great generally for a lot of other things. It's great with Sabs. Um, it's great just even sometimes in rebel troopers for like doing peekaboo shenanigans. It's sort of like half of a peekaboo. You know, so if you do like a, a last shot with a unit um, on the on the previous turn, you can use Note of Time for Sorrows to pull them back behind cover before the turn starts. Fleets. Yep, fleets are great with it. Um, it's a super versatile card. You know, uh, it's a speed one move, which may not seem like a lot, but it's a speed one move before the turn starts. So there's lots of great things you can do with that. Um, I like to use it on Luke after after someone's withdrawn from him on the previous turn, or if you're anticipating like a whipcord or something like that. So, what about what do you what do you guys think about Leia generally? Oh, man, it's gonna be it's so hard for me to give her up. Um, so I've played a lot of non Leia lately. I've played a lot of Flyboys. I've played some Luke Sabine. Um, I've played even Luke Officer Sabine. And I've recently gone back to playing twins and man, do I miss it because there are so many things about the game that she makes infinitely easier, especially protecting your core units with take cover two and with inspire two. Those are like the biggest parts of her kit. Plus she's also a gun because of sharpshooter two. Um, we didn't mention save our skins, which is her third command card. Um, there's 
some really interesting potentials there, especially with the double activation that you get from it. Um, you can combine it with Inspire to free a unit that would otherwise panic and then activate that unit before it gets shot again, which is super nice. Of course, that you know leaves you potentially... You, you could potentially cheat yourself out of activating last if you're on equal activations because you have the um, double activation up front. Um, but generally, it's a great card just because it's a three pip that has a special effect that you might not need, might not need. But if it's there, if you want it, so it's just a. I, I usually rate it as like a slightly better ambush in that instance. Um, assault. I mean, Kyle already mentioned no time. Uh, so, sorry, slightly yep. better ambush. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, we got you. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's a. Uh, She's got lots of things. <laughs> she does have a lot of things. Sorry, people, uh, people, hard, are, hard. people are gesturing at me she, on camera here, and I can't, uh, I can't, I'm losing my train of thought. She, she's got, yeah, she's got yeah. lots of things. That's, she's got I'm, lots of great things about yep. her. It's very descript, you know. So, um, as, as a primary non rebel player, you know, one of the things we had talked about before the segment was that you guys kind of wanted to talk about this because Leia was sort of dropping out of the meta is not the right word, but she's, she kind of is disappearing um, from a lot of lists. I actually kind of feel the opposite and this is going to probably be a little bit of a hot take. I actually think that that Luke is dropping out of a lot of lists. Um, and, yeah. I, and, and I think Leia is really becoming more of a cornerstone for rebel armies now that people are sort of like figuring stuff out like crisscross luke sabine um is definitely really good but you miss leia in that list a lot you miss improv you know you miss you miss all you miss commands. yeah you, you know just just having a command slot in your army is pretty big um i think you know we've seen to some extent uh, people playing generics over Leia. I think generally the only time that that's probably air quotes like right is um, when you've got a lot of vehicles in your list because um, Leia doesn't synergize with vehicles very well. Um, you know, No Time for Sorrows doesn't... If, if No Time for Sorrows doesn't work on the units that you need it to work on, I think Leia gets a lot worse. You know what it is great with is Tauntauns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tauntauns have, uh, well, there's a million reasons good with Tauntauns. Um, so Tauntauns have Agile 1, which gives them a dodge token whenever they take a standard move. So you'll notice the text of Agile does not say move action. Um, so that includes the speed one move from No Time for Sorrows. Dodge so, tokens. Get your dodge tokens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so not so. only so it's it's like a combination of my ally as the force and no time for sorrows when you use it on Tauntauns. Um, so you can potentially go from in hiding to in your opponent's face with three dodges in the span of one turn. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, so I actually want to talk about a list idea. This is one that Kingsley came up with. Of course, Kingsley came up with this one because it has 12 yeah. activations in it. Um, but it's basically Leia. Uh, six. I'll take a little credit too. He and I talked about okay, this a lot. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm going to dive in here and take it as well. All right. 
Um, but it's essentially you're taking like the quote unquote standard efficiency Wonder Twins build and you're just replacing Luke with two Tauntauns. Um, so it is it is it is Leia, uh, six Z sixes, three sniper strike teams, and two Tauntauns. Um, and I think there's even points in there for like a medic. Gross. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and so you can, there's, there's a lot of ways that's good. The, the first is you have 12 activations, so you can hold your two Tauntauns, you know, until last on one turn. And if your opponent, even if they have 10 activations, which is a lot, um, they still will have gone through their entire turn before you activate either of your Tauntauns. Um, so you just do a last Tauntaun charge. Uh, they have about like 18 inch range, which is roughly range three. Um, you know, and then immediately the next turn you go with them first, <laughs> um, and cause all kinds of mess. And then like, once your opponent is done dealing with your Tauntauns, you still have Leia six Z sixes and three snipers. So doesn't seem bad. Know. Seems, seems good. It's <laughs> a lot of plastic. <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm glad I still finally killed these Tauntauns after they murdered a couple of my core units. Oh look, there's 10 activations of Z sixes and snipers. Right. And you're down to eight now. And you're like, Oh, right. Great. Great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. the list has 47 models in it, which is, you know, not bad. <laughs> you know, you do have to accept, I think, at the outset of the game that your Tauntauns are going to die. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, dodges can only take them so far. I mean, it's the, that's true. It's the yeah. same thing with like flame RTs, right? You know, they're they're an aggressive in-your-face unit. You sort of accept that, like, their goal is to kill more things than uh, you know, to kill enough things such that by the time they're dead, your opponent can't come back, right? For sure. Um. I just, they're not Luke. No. I mean, Luke, I, and they might be better than Luke, just so we're, we're clear here. Like, not being Luke does not mean that they're not good. Um, but they definitely, they got to get in there and kill stuff, and if you lose them on the way in before they do the damage, I do think you're in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah, they're not nearly as flexible or as versatile or as toolsy as Luke, um, right? Like, they're super mobile. Uh, they can kill things really well when they can ram. Um, but uh, yeah, you know they're they're they don't have force push. They don't have a command bubble. They don't have command cards. So it's not like you can just delete Luke and put into Tauntauns, and that's a net gain necessarily. Um, it might be better, but it's better for different reasons, right? So here's a question: um, You've got Leia in the sweet list. You've got No Time for Sorrows, which is a great two-pip. Are you running Turning the Tide? No. No. Um, I think that you are. Because if, okay. if you're running push... Well, I'll await your, okay. your counter-argument. There's two reasons. All right. Um, one, Tauntauns are vulnerable to suppression. Right? Yes. They don't get cover from it. They only have courage to... Um, so, uh, suppressing them is a valid thing. So if you, you know, use it on them, they can actually inspire each other, which is helpful. Um, but two, like if you're, if you're doing push, what are you giving an order to besides Leia and a Tauntaun? That's, that's the exact issue that I'm having with, with turning the tide. Um, let's say you didn't play it absolutely perfectly. Let's say also that Leia's out of range. 
because you double you double moved up there. Um, now what are you giving an order to? Because if your two Tauntauns are the only eligible targets for turning the tide in your list, you, sure you'll get the Inspire effect, but you won't get the orders. And so then you're just kind of leaving it to the stack and your improv. Well, I mean, I think there's a good chance that that's an early card that you play, um, you know, turn one through three before your Tauntauns are either dead or out of range of Leia. Right, that would have to be the, the way you do it. I'm on Team Endless. <laughs> All right. I actually, I, mean, I think that, like, there's a high likelihood that you are using No Times for Sorrows to engage on turn two. Um, yep. I think that, unless you're planning on turning the tide on turn one, um, there is a very serious likelihood that you never actually get to play turning the tide for value. Um. Yeah, it's possible. I can see that. You might also have enough tools to manage their suppression between strict orders and endurance if you don't take tenacity. I know that's kind of like the big conflict right now is do you take tenacity or do you take endurance? Um, I feel like tenacity strict will probably be enough if you play them right. I think it's... But that's like completely skill cap dependent. And like if you can set up the, you know, entry turn where they don't get seen... If you can set up an exit turn where they ram a different unit at speed three, and then use their creature trooper rules to run away behind line of sight blocking terrain before being shot again. Like there's all kinds of crazy stuff you can pull off with your tons. Um, they're a very high skill cap unit, but uh, you know, again, I'm just not seeing turning the tide being played for value mostly because, you know, turn one, you'll probably play standing orders issue it to one Tauntaun and then improv when the second one comes up. That's an interesting point. Is it possible that you run turning the tide specifically just so that you play at turn one and you don't have to run endurance on the way in? That's possible. You'll have inspire six. If you have Leia there, it's a lot of inspire. It is. So you're essentially guaranteeing that, you start turn two with no suppression tokens. That's pretty sick, actually, considering that Imperials outrange you, generally speaking. Eh, okay. Yeah, there you go. I dig that. There you uh, go. You'll probably... Well, do you care about going first? Because you got 12 Acti. No, I don't think so. Uh, um, no, you don't care. I think you, I think you actually don't want to go first, at least on those first couple turns. Okay, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're going to be playing against. I think. Yeah. Like if you're if you're playing against somebody that's going to bombard you. Yeah, that's you're probably ether. safely turning the tide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those, some of the some, some of the answers to these questions are in the ether. In the ether. Nah, man. They're just in the like, you know, logic knot that is this game. <laughs> Which is great. It's awesome. So this game is decided by dice, not logic, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to hard disagree. Jay's over here. He's shaking his head. Yeah, it's the dice. Nah, man. It's the skill. It's the skill. It's <laughs> Just ask Kyle. It's not the That's dice. That's right. You know, sometimes you just got to roll a hard six. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. You guys got any other layout thoughts? I'm not I'm not sure. Um well her shooting versus the generic officer is way better. Oh yeah, no question. Um leaps and yeah. bounds. Yeah, leaps and bounds. And she's a gun and the officer is decidedly not a gun. 
even though he has sharpshooter one, he only has two dice and no pierce. So he's like a worse sniper rifle, a much worse sniper rifle. Um, you know, he, he doesn't even have surge crit, does he? His surge hit. So Leia is like better in almost every respect shooting wise. Yeah. And I think that, um, as long as we're talking about Leia's shooting, it's also worth mentioning that now that people are taking Luke and, and to some degrees, like just another character out of the equation, tossing Chewie in there is not the worst play. You know, we were talking about turning the tide, but like brains and brawn is also pretty good. Um, yeah. The s- slowest nuke ever. <laughs> but man, it hurts if you can land it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a lightsaber. It hurts really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking earlier today about uh, uh, Leia, Chewie, Tauntaun lists. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a little... I think, that. I, I think so, too. It's, you know, you got to cut... You, you got to go down to 11 and, and maybe even 10 activations to pull that off. Um, but I could see something to that. You know, Chewie's Guardian is constantly underrated, but it's great for the sniper war, right? Like, yeah. your opponent tries to snipe your snipers. You just eat it. One health on Chewie. Okay, he's got eight more, you know. Oh, man. Um, now we have, like, the, now we're going to have the Guardian medic complex with Tauntaun. Because <laughs> <laughs> now the Tauntauns dodge. Whatever the, whatever the, you know, dodges don't pick up, the Guardian picks up. Yep. Whatever crits they have, they try to roll their five up against it. There's a medic behind them to heal that. <laughs> you know? So now we're going to have the Guardian medic complex for Tauntauns. That's, uh... Yeah, I mean... You start to get into this thing where you gotta like put at least five hits into something before you can like actually start putting putting hits on target. Yeah, before you kill one model in the Tons unit. Well, I mean, like, oh my you gosh. know, they got two dodge tokens and then you guardian three. Like, you gotta put you gotta right, put that's five you, hits. You gotta put yeah. a sixth hit through there to even make them roll a save on the Tauntauns. Like, that, that's yeah. a way to deal with death troopers. Or just use yeah. or just use or just use Bosk, you know. Look, man. That's true. <laughs> I, Bosk is really good. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you guys gotta uh, train your rebel bounty hunters better. Uh, no, it is. It is seriously though. It is worth mentioning that um, Tauntauns uh, would appear to be super vulnerable to hunter. Um, <laughs> would appear to be. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Bosk looks at Tauntauns. He's like, oh, you know. I got delivery this time. I don't have to go get the meat myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, and Hunter's also a super popular upgrade on Death Troopers. So, um, you know, it's going to get more. So it's actually no. it's actually already shifting because of Tauntauns. Like, let's put Hunter on DTs now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if you got Tauntauns, don't try and do like a Charge of the Light Brigade against uh, Death Troopers. Yeah, you'll just be very. They're they're gonna roll like a million saves, and you'll be very sad. Well, even this, you know, not even the saves. Like they will, especially if they can get to range two, you'll roll like eleven dice with multiple aim tokens, and yeah. you'll be sad panda, sad tauntaun. You'll get to do that very often, but um, man. Yeah. When you do, those aim tokens get really good really fast. Yeah, that range two dust trooper shot, man, is nasty. Deploy the garrison much? Yeah, right. Um, which so which they also get a free aim token from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so don't like you know try and charge headlong into the death troopers and expect that to go well. Yeah, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> now, if you can get there, if you like, if you're certain you can get there before they shoot you, then that's another story. But anyway, uh, that was right. that was a digression. Um, you guys got any other Leia thoughts? 
Leia's still good. Um, I don't think she's ever going away. Um, I mean, she's marvelous, and I think she's still like the bedrock of most lists. Yep. Um, I think I think these Luke Sabine generic is a fascination that will soon disappear um, as new things come into the meta. Um, but uh, 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 I don't know about that. It's it's a, well, it's, it's, it's a good it's a good list. It's not it's not going to disappear. It is, it is. It is. I haven't you know, I don't, I don't mean to disappear. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Hey, one of them's a dark saber. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, having two melee weapons that have the keyword pierce on them is a thing. There you go. There we go. Fix. Um, <laughs> two laser sword things. Laser swords. They're both yeah. laser swords. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere. But I do think that, uh, yeah, Leia's still great. She is the glue. All right. So... Yeah, keep taking Leia, guys, because uh, she's great. All right, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Gen Con. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. This is a news and hobby kind of segment we're going to do. So I have here Gen Con predictions. What list do we think will do well? Um, and, of course, we're talking about all the toys that are going to be available at Gen Con. An official article went out today telling us what Legion things will be available. And it's a lot. It's... Uh, it's a lot of stuff. It is a 100% increase in the amount of factions you can play in this game. Yeah, Clone Wars is going to be available, so I'm excited. Seems pretty good. Uh, I, it's also Dubacks and Shores. Right, Dubacks, Shores, and Clone Clone Wars. Um, I've seen people like sort of sad panding in this move by FFG. I'm super excited. I'm not going to Gen Con, um, and I won't be able to get early Clone Wars, but I'm just like, I just love that people are getting it. Um, I don't care whether it's me or somebody else. I love that it's in the wild. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about this move, specifically because you still can get it. Yeah. I have a problem with, like, the limited edition, you have to be at this place, we're not going to announce it ahead of time type deal. That's a little bit of a less feel goods. But this is just like, wait a month. You can get it on Amazon for cheaper than the people you're getting at Gen Con, you know, like, yeah, or yeah, you know, support your little little hobby shops, and, people. To... <laughs> yeah, don't right. <laughs> but I'm just trying to make. <laughs> yeah, go to your, go to your FLGS and get it. Always, always support your LGS. Like, just just do it. Yep. Uh, um, but yeah, super yeah. super exciting. Uh, people are gonna we're in in a week. We're gonna have like pictures of painted B1 droids and Grievous and Obi Wan and clones and stuff. I think it's awesome. How many? So how, how many suitcases did you bring, David? Uh, <laughs> well, I have. I'm bringing my regular suitcase, and I have a larger suitcase that's empty. So not enough. Not enough. I'm <laughs> going to get as many. Have you as much as I can get? Have you had anyone ask you to pick up shores for them? Uh, half a dozen people. Okay. Can I be number seven? <laughs> <laughs> sure okay it depends on how many they let me buy per day okay i'm gonna be number eight nine and ten yeah it also depends on if i make the top eight at continentals because if i don't guess we'll be in line first thing in the morning yeah there you go go. um yep 
just so we're clear, we expect you to win the whole thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but I'm not uh, taking the list you probably want me to take, but I'll try. What? Are you, are you, so we're, we're talking about Gen Con predictions. Yeah, you want to spill the beans? Oh, me? Oh, yeah. shoot. Well, I can't play veterans, so, you know, I'm just taking twins. No big deal. Um, NVD. NVD. I, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't take three snipers, though. Because I actually think three snipers is a bit of an overcommitment. I think rebels want more. Rebels want snipers for their utility. They want them a little bit for the pierce. But I think that in the long run, having beefier core units will serve you better. Just because there's now a tendency in the overall scene, I think, to run less core in favor of more elite units. And I think there's a niche there where you can deny that in practice and say... I just have more dudes than you, and if I manage my range better than you, I win because I just have more stuff. So I'm going into the I'm going I'm doing the sister out where I just have more stuff than you. I was gonna say, shouldn't you wait to play a new faction before you go into the <laughs> like I'm gonna take a billion dudes strategy? Not when not when the mainstream lists are now running five or less core units. There are so many lists now out there that run four cores because that's how few they can get away with to run their elites and their triple snipers because they've really bought into this idea that snipers are are it. And I have not bought in as hard as they have because boards are getting more crowded. And also, if you just have more stuff, you can cover more parts of the board. You can spread out a little further. Um, you just have to adjust your positioning and play the position game to deny what they're trying to do. You know, what good is explosions if it only has a couple targets? Not not much. What good is, you know, saboteurs if there's only a few targets? What good are snipers if you just deny them shooting? They're just, they're garbage. Because if they're not shooting, they're too minis. <laughs> and they're not contributing to the to the attrition war. You know, everything is bad when it doesn't get to shoot. Yeah, um, and I think there's something to the full commando unit. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm I'm also not I'm also not digging it just because it's it's DT fodder. Yeah, I mean, so their problem is just that they're fragile. Um, yeah, but what the problem definitely what the problem definitely is not is their shooting, right? Yeah, um, like they need an aim shot. Yeah, you do right. They can't move and shoot like a Z6 can, right? Which is my issue. Because I love, I love the move-shoot game where you just you find the moves that protect you and get you shots. And I despise having to sort of predispose myself and then force myself to go first to the particular unit. That's not the, that's just not the way I play. I mean, this is why ATRT rotaries are good, right? I mean, like they're yes. really not that much different from a you know full commando unit shot. You lose a white die and you lose sharpshooter one. And Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Like, but as far as we're talking about, like, substantive amount of hits, you are surging to crit as opposed to a hit. You know? Um, yeah. I, I, I just like, it's definitely on a more sturdy platform when you, when we're talking about, like, you know, not losing the unit. And they're relatively the same price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Full, full commandos just, just melt. Um, you know, they have, the same defense as the Rebel Troopers, basically, but they're 20 yeah. more points. So, like, so. and also, you know, I'm going to run into armor 
People are going to run tanks. People are going to run Boba Veer still. And those problems that they had against Boba Veer still exist. You know, Boba just sees them and kills off everything they're about, right? He has a rocket pack. He's got sharpshooter too. What are you going to do, right? He's going to roll five hits at you and you better pray your defense dice decide to cooperate because you're going to lose, you know, half of this expensive unit. And I think for the points, you actually take an Officer Z instead because then you have a Courage 2 unit that has Inspire, has an extra guy, has six has six wounds instead of five, still has range three, doesn't have Pierce, but is not just Courage 2 by himself. He's also delivering an Inspire to a different unit as well. So he makes a friend of his Courage 2. There's like a window where he's courage too because he's able to relieve suppression from a different unit so the net effect is the same yep yeah i really like the officer z6 actually me too me too so what 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 do we think is it going to actually do well at gen con as far as lists are concerned sabs the terrain is lvo's terrain essentially from what i understand it's it's going to be that level of crowded i think that that's possible is is I think it's possible too. The important question there I have is, is Lupo going? No. Cause I have not seen anyone play Sabs like he can. Um, That's true. So I think, I think notionally I like that as a pick, but if Lupo's not going, I'm, um, I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be Virus Bosk. I think it's going to be Chronic Bosk. Um, I think it's going to be, um, Leia Sabine. And I think we're going to see a lot of Luke Sabine also. Um, yep. Those, those, those are, are my, my big specters. Yep. I know those are not like yeah. exciting picks, but. Um, well, this is, it's Continentals, right? People are yep. going to play what wins. Yep. I think that there's going to be room for some stuff to get in under the wire. Yeah. I'm sure we're definitely going to see some surprises. Um, I think if I had to bet on a new unit to break out, um, I think it would likely be tanks. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, you, double tank. you guys have been following Team League a little more closely than me, but that was a thing recently, right? In Team League, double tanks. Yeah, double tanks both with and without link targeting array because we made that legal for Team League this last round. And there was one that did take it and one that didn't take it. But at the end of the day, I think double tank really, really smashed, even against Empire and even against Bosk. Um, Bosk and Veers did a lot of damage to this tank, but it did not kill it. And this tank had three mechs behind it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, crits are great for bypassing the armor keyword, but you still got to deal with the save. Right. You also have to deal eight damage past that save with Astromex. So potentially 14 damage because you have three Astros healing this tank. Um, 14 damage, which is an equivalent... 28 hits that have bypassed armor to kill it. It's a lot. It is not trivial, to say the least. Yeah, killing tanks with that level of Astromex behind it is non-trivial. Plus, it's going to be a lot easier for tanks going forward to access aim tokens. So it's going to make the Pintle, you know, really good because the Pintle has the eight dice total ceiling, right? So you get a lot of these ceiling shots where, you know, you'll just roll out to six hits potentially and then convert double on your aim tokens. And you're just going to get six hits after cover, which, you know, rebels don't save that usually. Um, rebels don't save Imperials, it. well, they save some things. 
Got to respect your surges. <laughs> hey, there are paint on those dice. There are. One third of the facings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's going to do well? What's the breakout unit? Tanks are definitely the breakout unit because I think people have had a chance to play them more. Yeah. Um, Sabine will... I don't, know if you, I don't know if you can call her a breakout unit. We know she's good. Yeah. But um, she's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of her. There's going to be a lot of Bosk. There's going to be a lot of Krennic. Um, I just hope I don't run into DTs that often. That's all. That's my big problem. I have enough tools to deal with armor. I have Luke and I have six crit machines <laughs> is what I have. I want to <laughs> I wanna channel our producer for a second here. Um, whoever puts... Jin Urso in the top four. <laughs> Give us a call. <laughs> um, oh, I, I thought you were going to like put some kind of reward on that or something. Yeah, I thought maybe so there, too. Maybe I, thought <laughs> I haven't decided what it is. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll like ship them some sweet. You know, I don't know. We I got a bunch of promos and stuff sitting at my desk, so maybe maybe that'll be it. But there you go. So we're gonna we're gonna write a we're gonna write a biopic on Jay Shalansky's Legion career, and it's gonna be called The Audacity of Hope <laughs> because he insists on writing Jenner. So, <laughs> I mean, he did. So, speaking of, uh, Jay did write a great article on Jen, which everybody should check he out did. at fifthtrooper.com. Yeah. The, sorry. The plug in, plug in. The fifthtrooper.com. Um, the fifthtrooper.com. Yeah. yeah. Check out his Jen article. Makes the case for. Yeah for run gen so and more from us too because we're writing we're we have many things in the works like yeah many things yeah this this week there will be an article from me um which will be hopefully good yeah um and our uh the people that are part of our patreon also get those articles a little bit in advance you know we're still we're yeah. still doing all the articles and everything for free we're not pay gauging anything but we are kind of giving giving the people that are donating kind of a sneak peek what's coming in like a week or so so um that's just something to look out for you know um in the future when we're talking about like events and stuff we might be posting lists and stuff ahead of time so if you want to scope us at events you can uh, maybe check out our articles ahead of time but uh yeah i also want to drop in real quick i'm just I mean, I guess this is a plug kind of, but also not <laughs> just a fun thing for you to participate in if you're listening to the sound of our voices. Um, so at the Northeast Open, if you recall, um, Jay and John Bushman got into a little bit of a food coma induced argument about whether or not um, Jin and the Pathfinders were any good. And uh, Jay says yes. John says no. And so they're going to have it out live on stream for the benefit of, of the viewing audience. And um, that's tentatively scheduled for the Thursday after Gen Con. So that's tentatively scheduled for Thursday, August 8th, I think. Is that is that day? But we're going to have more details on that for you as we go along here. But um, look out for that on our, on our properties, our media. We're going we're gonna to have a... Once and for all, is Jin any good? <laughs> We're gonna have that that mega match decide it all between Bushman of Critical X and Jay from Fifth Trooper. 
and hopefully I'll get R1 to cast that as well as you guys. So, because we'd love to have a love to have a panel discussion with R1 alongside of us to talk about whether this yeah, is any good or not. Good. Yeah, I totally dig it. Do you have any uh, final thoughts about the tournament at Gen Con? I know I want to talk about the prizes, and I want to talk about something FFG did that's also really good. So, the prizes for Continentals are alt art command cards and alt art unit cards of you know, Jin, Tauntauns, Krennic, etc. But I think FFG did a really good thing. And this speaks to something, Mike, that you said that they're not doing exclusives. You can still get alternate art cards for these units. They're just different versions in the quarterly kits, but they're essentially the same art. They just have a different like background. I think they have a, they don't have the laser lining that they have on some of these, these ones. So, you know, I just wanted to, to throw that in about FFG, excuse me, not doing exclusive things. And, and making sure that if even if you can't go to these big events, you're still included somehow in this um in this alt art stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be um, really cool if in the future you could somehow like participate with the event on stream and get like rewards and stuff that way. I know that's really big with a lot of like video games right now, where they'll like drop a tr- Twitch drop on people like throughout the the cast and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I think, um, you know, we're talking about command cards and unit cards. We're really talking about a cardboard piece of paper that's maybe two cents. Like the cost is really not that high um, when you when you kind of get down to it. And you're like increasing viewership and stuff like that. Um, so that's actually maybe a thought for, for us in the future as to regards to like what we can do with our streams. But, um, is that what we're going right? to pioneer? Are we going to pioneer? <laughs> I don't know. Play Star Wars I'm coming Legends? up with this on the fly. Cause you mentioned, I love that, it. So, um, no, I, I think it's, I think it's doable. We, we might have to, we might have to, um, I mean, we'll have to figure out how to incorporate the order pool. That's the issue that I see yeah. and how they, and how you do unit collection. We'll have to like make sure every unit is properly ID'd and then get people to vote which uh, unit to activate. <laughs> or something but, like uh, that. But yeah, so I think um I think that's a good thing. Yeah. All right, any final thoughts about Gen Con? Other than it's gonna be amazing. And there'll be lots of pictures and videos coming out on Fifth Trooper related to it. Uh watch the in flight report. Yes, sure watch the Inflight Report. Like, That's on FFG's Twitch. Yeah, it's 7 at o'clock. Seven. Uh, yeah, 7 Central. Be, yeah, I think it's EST. 7 EST. Oh, EST. Sorry, yes. Um, and you'll be hearing our cast on Tuesday, so it will be tomorrow when you're hearing this. So, um, you know, yep. make sure you listen to it or watch the recording. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of sweet stuff. All right. Well, um, I think that just about wraps it up. Any final, final thoughts? Any last mentions before we sign out? I don't think so. I'm super excited that we're, you know, we're not getting the general release, but we are getting two new factions this week. So I'm ready, man. I'm ready to represent the Republic and continue playing the good guys. The Republic. Only the good guys from a certain point of view. That's right. From a certain point of view. <laughs> All right. Well, for the scoundrels, uh, my name is David. 
I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike. We'll catch you later. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. 